Well, good morning, everyone. And thank you all for being here. There's about as many people in the ether as there are in the room. So we're talking to two different communities simultaneously. And especially I want to thank Eduardo from coming up from Southern California and uh, helping me learn how to do the work and helping all of us learn how to do the work, the deep process of inquiry. And uh, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, retreat where we get a chance to go deep into the nature of mind, but also not ignore all those thoughts and ideas and concepts that we have going on simultaneously. So what we'd like to do now is uh, do a little recap of the week, especially for the people who are online, and then see if we can take it uh, another step um, as well. Can people hear? Yes, people All right, so we'll just continue and then presumably, <clears throat> I don't think it's very important that people see how beautiful we are. Um, but we will we will go ahead and just get started. So, uh, Eduardo, do you want to begin by just talking about your experience, observations, and anything you'd like to talk about? Sure, thank you, Hogan. Um, my filing system. I did have a crib sheet. And um, so I want to report on a few of the things that I learned this week uh, as we were sharing the work. And I, uh, I'm cognizant of that. Those of you who are in the ether, uh, I want to tell you that what we did this week as uh, so we sat still, as we normally do in the Zendo. And we also uh, train in allowing whatever was there to be seen fully. And sometimes what was there to be seen fully is there's a lot of spaciousness. And sometimes it's kind of remnants of incomplete experiences from our past that are have kind of painful edges to them. And so the practice is to really welcome them, not like in a game of whack-a-mole when you were like punching them down, you know, so that we can finally be peaceful over here. But like a, a kind of a welcoming that is far more welcoming and radical than that, like, what if you're like the missing piece? You know, what if you're like the child of God, the beloved? The And it is because it's actually what's arising now. So the practice is one of identifying anything that would show up. And we identify it as a form of like thoughts uh, uh, about fears and hangups about past or future. So we identify these thoughts and then we put them on paper. And then we have this system of inquiry that allows us to gently in the safety of this room or any room to look into these things and simultaneously coexist in the space of safety here, welcoming the, the troubled into that space until that troubled realizes because of the good company that is in that it can relax uh, in itself and discover that its nature is the nature of the non-troubled what, that welcomed it. Okay, uh, it's it's like a, a film of soap, you know, that would have kind of like bubbles on top of the film, and somehow this bubble gets convinced it is not made out of soap itself, and uh, and it's just like who knows why, and uh, and well, the rest of the soap can simply just be soap, and then wait for the bubble to pop. 
and uh, and then the bubble, you know, it doesn't come back to being soap. It was always soap. You know, there was never a separation. Separation feels very painful because it can't be accomplished. So it's like trying to pull yourself out of your own self. And um, like we can try the exercise by taking our arm with the other arm and just trying to pull it. It, it feels unnatural and, uh, and it can't be done. And in some sense, when I think that you are over there and I am over here and that you did the, that or this, and, and, and I start resenting you for that, it feels very painful because it's me who I'm resenting. Okay? Uh, and, and there's this method that we practice this week basically allows us to, to see that what I thought you did to me didn't really happen, or at least it didn't happen in the way that I thought, and forgiveness is the result. So my teacher, uh, Byron Katie, who is the person that I learned this technique uh, uh, from alongside other people that help her, she says forgiveness is a realization that what you thought happened didn't. And that is like real complete forgiveness because it's like, why be upset over what actually didn't happen? So the resentment simply dissolves. Uh, the things I learned now that there's like the context. So we identify a question, uh, uh, thoughts, we question them. Uh, and using simple questions like, you know, he said you're no good. Is it true? That would be question one. And then you just sit and wait and see what comes. And that is like a process of really being exposed and waiting. First thing I learned about doing this process this week is about patience. And patience as the gentle inclination towards slowing down. I think sometimes we think that patience is this thing that, you know, only, you know, Mahatma Gandhi can do. And then we're kind of somewhere down there, you know, with some sort of poor man's version of patience. And what about if it's just like, oh, I'm just going to slow down here and then see what happens. So I learned that that was just extraordinarily powerful. And uh, slowing down is a lesson that I received from Josen Rochi uh, when I, I gave offerings like this a couple of years ago, and I've been putting it into practice. And I vow to continue to learn the lesson of the value of slowing down in even right now even right now thank you incredibly powerful allowing time to be a friend so that the words that anyone says can just like land including my own words so that they can land in my own system and that they can ripple as they will. Uh, slowing down is something we did and it helped us t touch the timeless. You know, how we carry the past with us so that the past is really not in the past, is here. We borrow the future and we bring it here. We can inhabit all of what comes is inside of us and you start really feeling like, I don't know what time it is anymore, in that sense of timeless. There is also slowing down allows us to touch into the, what I would call the spaciousness 
in that just as I don't know what time it is anymore, I don't know what person I am anymore because I can inhabit your world and your world and your world and befriend that world. And, uh, and, and that's kind of like there's a person and personlessness to the endeavor that we executed this week together of growing and healing. Out of this gentle inclination for slowing down, I notice that the right action kind of naturally sprouts by itself. You just start feeling it like, like, a, like a flower blooming. And that is the doing that just comes out of the stillness. Um, and it is beautiful to allow it. You know, in the world of the work of Byron Katie, we call that like the living, the turnaround. And in the world of Buddhism, it's called compassion in action. Um, the Bodhisattva vow, the vow to serve all beings is something that we all aspire to in this path. And I have to share in closing uh, 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 something that Katie said in an event uh, many years ago that really helped it land in me. And it's kind of why I'm here, here with you. Uh, she said, I have come to see that there is no suffering. But if you think you're suffering, then that's what's left of the suffering. And that's why I travel. That's why I'm here with you in this room. So in reflecting on um, this week, reflecting on Eduardo's kindness in being here, because his kindness in being here is <clears throat> partly a gift of uh, his teacher, Byron Katie, and part of that is uh, Stephen Mitchell, her husband. And Stephen has a long history of Dharma practice, a long history of, of writing, investigation. And of course, both of them have people who they learn from, their families and other people around. And here we have, you know, chosen this <clears throat> a seed here, and we have all this community of thousands of people who have helped build this place, and, and it just ripples out and ripples out and ripples out, ripples out in the back, and it will ripple out in the future. And this particular moment, if we think that something is going on, we are neglecting the entire um, interrelated cosmos that actually is part of this uh, moment. So with our minds, we tend to divide the cosmos up into now and then and me and everybody else. And part of the work of both Zen practice and also this particular kind of inquiry is to see that our small, narrow view of how things are is only <clears throat> a narrow view. It's not wrong, but it's only a narrow view that there's a much larger context in which everything is held. And that larger context is the growth, the calling, the evolution of wisdom. In a way, the world is one thing. There is no separation, as Eduardo was mentioning. And yet, we are all individual. We all are responsible. And yet, we are all called, called. Our heart is longing for that to recognize, to, to re-actualize um, the oneness that's at our root. So it's a, um, a multifactorial process that we actually are all here. 
And if you think about <clears throat> all the places that we could be and all the things that could be happening and are happening right now, to actually be at this place is a miracle. The probability of all of this group of people online and here getting together at this time is a miracle. It's probably statistically impossible for that to happen. And so we're all sitting here in a particular miracle. And it does not matter whether we understand it or not. It does not matter whether we know or not. It does not matter whether we are happy or sad or, or it is a miracle. It just is. Good, bad, right, wrong, in, out, a miracle. And so the work as in practice is about bringing our mind and bringing our attention into this miracle of this moment, which is arising out of nowhere, arising impossibly. And in honoring, attending to that, it changes the future because it's not separate. So this is, I feel, profound work. And we're very interested in how we can um, use the, the, the solid foundation of the monastery and Zen practice and how we can also, inquiry is always a part of the Zen practice. But this particular approach to inquiry, I think, adds a little uh, spice to it. And so we'd like to make, make our practice spicier, for those of you who like spice. Um, we have a bunch of people online who, you know, haven't heard much of this at all. And people here have been hearing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. So <clears throat> I want to see if there's anybody online or in the room who has either observations or questions, anything that will uh, trigger Eduardo so he can uh, expound more fully. So Raul, if you would pay attention to anybody online, either from the YouTube channel chat or from the Zoom channel and chat. And if anybody in here has anything they'd like to um, say, as much as we can squeeze out of Eduardo while he's here, I'm happy to try to encourage. And do we have a microphone? Is that, please, race over here without hesitation. Yes, to the Venerable Shokan. Great. No gaps. Yes. Mr. No Gaps. Um, maybe you already answered this while I was looking at the camera, but the thoughts just come and go and arise and leave on their own. Uh, why take the time to take a look? Um, well, I, I, to begin with, I think I wouldn't use the word pick. Uh, there is an aspect of like, like you're kind of um, meet them with understanding is what I would prefer as um, I started this path because I was suffering and I noticed that if I see the world that's created out of the things I tend to identify with I see what causes that suffering is the identification and how I see it is because I see how different things are when I actually just drop the story and stay in the original situation stay in whatever was happening like in first-generation reality. So I like no, less suffering, so that's why. 
you know, and other people might have other answers, but <coughs> that one works for me. And I'm very interested to know if that answers the question. I would say you use the word show a lot during this week. Show? Pick show. Oh, you know, I, I let me give you another version of the answer, perhaps. Imagine that you're sitting still and and then a thought arises and you just like get completely interested in it because it's what arose, you know? Uh, uh, like when you, you know, you're eating the food and the peanut butter, like the peanut butter is what arose and now you're going to be completely interested in it. I mean, that's what your life is at that moment, that peanut butter. So when a thought arises, that's actually all there is of you. So you can touch the thought and then get to know you as that in that moment as that thought. And that intimacy, it, uh, then it just leads to the next thing. So uh, it, it's like I, uh, when I was learning Zen, I started learning uh, from Thich Nhat Hanh. And I had an attitude towards my Catholic upbringing. And, and, and like, oh, that's kind of like, eh. And then Thich Nhat Hanh very directly reminds you, if you reject your Catholic roots, then you're rejecting yourself. And so I had to eat a lot of humble pie and kind of like really sit with that. So I sit with my, a thought like I sit with the Catholic upbringing corn. Thank you. Other comments? Victoria? So my question is about uh, resistance, which at the beginning of the week I was feeling quite a bit of resistance and ambivalence about the work. And now that I have spent several days doing this practice, I'm convinced of its this powerful impact on healing um, possibility, but I notice also that I'm feeling resistance. So I'm just wondering how you work with that, if you feel that ever. Yeah. Yeah, let me speak to that. Um, and I'll, I'll share something that, that I learned from my meditation teacher, uh, Shinzen Young. He says that I th he has a conjecture that we humans, when when things start going very still and relaxed, it's like we think we're going to die. And, and we have a lot of basically fear of death. That, and so the unknown feels very threatening and unfamiliar. So I think that for me, part of the resistance is that I think that inquiry is going to cost me something dearly. So inquiry is going to cost me something dearly is the concept I really then question and I sit with. And that helps me with the resistance. The other thing that allow, helps me with the resistance is to do the exercise we did here, allowing the emotion to exist without needing to fix it. So let's just be with that resistance, like what's not okay about it. You know, and it occupies a region in space. And I just be with it as a friend is to a friend. Knowing is there. Clarity is there. Just thinking about it is not there. You just drop the thinking about it, the resistance, and just it will transform. 
So, Victoria, um, Eduardo and I were talking about some of these workshops. We have spent a whole day or two days trying to work with people's resistance. So vocal and so obstreperous. Uh, uh, and so I appreciate your, your grace in, in uh, going along with the whole process and <clears throat> allowing it to unfold without having, us, without having to have us spend the whole day dealing with it because it resolves itself if you actually just do the process. So thank you for being graceful in that way. Anybody else? Let Mio answer her question first, please. What is your advice for people leaving the retreat? <coughs> well, Eduardo is here only for a short time, so I was Sorry, Mio. first here for <coughs> Okay, I can say a few things if I may. Um, Well, it seems valuable not to find a way not to drop the practice. So knowing about how to practice with other people, knowing options for that could be helpful. Um, and we always talk about finding grounding simple activities like doing the dishes. Um, that's what I have to say. How about continuing the Zen practice piece? Sure, continue sitting shasana with left-legged or whatever kind of meditation or body practice. I think body practice I would really recommend. Thank you. Thanks. Um, yeah, a couple of things that come to mind apart from what you have said. Uh, body practice wholeheartedly. Anything that brings the energy down. Um, I'm a fan of uh, something called Hakuin soft butter method. Which, for those of you who don't know, you just imagine that there's this amazing healing lump of butter that has been put herbs in it that have these qualities that are healing and that have been tailored just for you. And you just put them at the top of your head and now you just allow this butter to dissolve and then allow the butter to go around your skull, through, and then just allow the butter to come down, down until it just, wherever it touches, it leaves space and groundedness and solidity. And then you just allow the lower part of your body to fill with this thing so that you're stable and connected to the ground. And uh, love that. And um, you'd recognize there that it's, there was a stability there and we just named it and then owned it, but it was own ours in the first place. So that I do a lot after uh, a retreat when I feel very vulnerable, which I do right now. It's just not a problem. I am allowing it. Okay. And the other thing that I recommend is very basic, but just go out, spend time in nature, especially where there will be open spaces. 
you know, and uh, uh, socialize, talk to friends, become very ordinary, you know, uh, um, and do like as far as the continuation of practice, uh, have the work for breakfast. Like I, I sit still in the morning, zazen, and then after my zazen, I make a cup of coffee, and then as I drink my coffee, I'm doing my work, and then I go along my day. So that's basically my routine. So the issue of continuing spiritual practice is a, a vital and important one. And I feel like the most foundational thing is to have a vow, to have an intention in the heart, to have an intention in the heart for whatever you feel is the, the highest qualities, the, the most important uh, elements for your life, and to articulate that vow, to put it on your mirror, to and so that you have a, 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 a touchstone. And so when you have that touchstone, then of course we use whatever um, skills, whatever opportunities we have to align ourselves with our deep vow. If we don't have a vow, if we don't really know why we're doing this, <clears throat> then it's just a good idea. But somehow it has to come from the heart. We can't do this alone. We cannot do this alone. Um, we are one, one body. I mean, we're all connected. And so to think that we can do this alone is to uh, reify the delusion of separation, to reify the delusion of I am unique in a, in a very um, small way. So it's important to have friends, as Eduardo mentioned. It's important to have communities. It's important to have people that you you work with, to have an inquiry partner, to have a zazen partner, to have a community that you're connected with, um, is also really important. Next, it's also very important to realize that things don't go in a linear manner. They don't just go up, 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 or down, 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 whichever direction you feel you're headed at that moment. But inevitably, indubitably, they, they, there always are ups and downs. And so as we begin walking this path to have confidence that <clears throat> whether we are temporarily feeling good or feeling bad, insight or no insight, the vow is still there. The vow is still there. And the vow, I feel, is founded upon the um, understanding, the recognition, the faith that liberation is possible. Because why would we make a vow if we didn't really feel that liberation awakening uh, is possible. So we find our highest aspiration. We make a vow to align ourselves with the aspiration. We find a community to help support us with the aspiration. And then we find particular tools that will sustain us. And inquiry is the, from the Buddhist perspective, we talk about samatha and vipassana. We talk about calm abiding and inquiry. And so calm abiding is the, the zazen piece, and inquiry is the uh, vipassana piece. So both are part of, you know, it takes two, two legs to walk normally. So, so both of the, all those are important. And then, of course, when doubt comes up, when hesitation, when, when all the, the klesas arise, 
to have the, the confidence and willingness to investigate them, to not keep them hidden, is also part of that process. So anything, anything that we see is only temporary. And so we have to keep coming back to a container that allows it to be refreshed. Other comments, questions, insights? Anybody from online? Venerable Ms. Chohan, Linda Frischmeyer. And Raul has something miraculous to say from the ether, too. So first we'll let Chohan. Thank you. I just want to mention something that I personally experience often, like when I read Sashina, I do tend to have unreasonable expectations that sort of the intensity can be brought back into my life, which has never, ever, ever happened. And with the work specifically, one thing that I find helpful when something becomes alive for me is simply writing it down either filling out the judge and worksheet or writing it on the, or oftentimes I just keep a notepad and just put it there. And it seems like that's enough honoring of it that I don't have to have it take over my life at the moment that it comes up. And it's there and I can come back to it. And I find that really helpful. Thank you. Excellent. Yeah, very, very good. Yeah. Eduardo? Raul. Raul. Good. Why does he keep changing his name? So this is from Kyle on YouTube. Kyle Stanley. Studying Mumukon recently. Could you summarize the meaning of the gate list gate? Here we go. I'm going to choose. Is he asking Eduardo or Toby? Well, he passed the buck to me, so... Yeah, so I should channel Hogan and say, Mio-yo? <laughs> so I'll give you basically my personal experience. It's actually all I've got. Um, you know, um, I'll just tell it to you exactly how it, was, it happened for me. I was doing an exercise where I was recognizing that that thought appeared uh, when there had been no thoughts there and I was actually um, I asked the question these thoughts appeared and I said can I really know that that's true and then I immediately answer no I just believe they did and and that was when I cross the gateless gate, as far as I know. And nobody has ever tested me, and who knows, right? But that was enough for me. And, and I don't know if that answer will satisfy uh, our friend from the ether. And if it doesn't, you know, come back and say more. I did this work that, you know, I invited you to, yeah. And it's changed my life. So just to give Chosen a chance to have her voice in the mix here, would you offer the microphone to her? So what I was at an event with and he's the person who brought the practice of contemplative prayer. 
Yeah, there was a, uh, I very much resonate with, with those words. And uh, I thought of sharing a, a phrase here today that speaks to that, which was sometimes we as practitioners are like waiting for the miracle to come. Like raise your hand if that's how sometimes you feel, you know, and uh, look around. And, and the miracle never comes because the miracle has already come. Anybody else have any comments for the miracle of Eduardo sitting here? <laughs> yeah, Victoria? Mm-hmm. Anything you can do to squeeze out wisdom is always a good always a good task. Um, Morgan, I just wanted to say how much I appreciate that you brought in Dao. Um, because it reminded me remember what my vow is that I made at the beginning of Ando in the fall, which is to open myself to the uh, maker's mind. And that's, that's, that's all we need. I mean, what, how that takes my resistance away to remember that vow and to live that vow. So I think uh, it's wonderful. Thank you. You brought me in. Thank you.
And even more fundamental than that is the fact that we are alive, that this particular concatenation of presence, in a way, is the expression of the universe's vow beyond us. Anyone else? Online or in here? Rekka, Rekka, Rekka. What's your son's name? And what are a few things you like about him? So his name is uh, Victor Andres. Hi. And uh, um, I love about him that he uh, has this this um, smile, like he's being completely filled in from the outside in. And so he feels like this little... B- balloon uh, and made out of uh, breast milk. Um, <laughs> I like that he has uh, that I can see uh, Katya's face in him and my face in him, uh, kind of like at the same time in this bizarre way, you know, like you see in terms of a mirage. And one more. He likes this sound of dangling things. Thank you. So, Rika, what are some things you love? About Eduardo's son? No. <laughs> <laughs> and Eduardo in, in Rika's life. Just uh, one with the 10,000 things.
Also, some people talk negatively, too, about Phoenix and Wabi, or do you say anything? That's a uh, well-known phenomenon. Then, what the guys visually mean, the way it was pictured with this, we have built this, let's say we built this person out of bricks, which is our experience with it, you know, bricks. And we develop beliefs with it, too, you know, bricks. And then in the work by with Bobby Katie, as you as you do a worksheet, you, you just pull out one of those bricks. Like like the, in the game Tetris, <laughs> where you very carefully line out one brick, but you don't want the whole thing to fall down. So in the Katie's work, you pull out one belief at a time. You go very carefully like that. Okay, I'll do this. All right. I'll Um, a phrase that's very much related um, as mind wants to rest in itself and to the extent that it feels lost it actually left crumbles to find its way back home it left a trail and that's the trail that we trace back to itself and gentle. That's the one thing I really felt that it's so important. I've seen Katie do inquiry on with a, someone that had a bunch of concepts and chooses one. And then there's all these other things that feel very solid and one at a time. You know, and it turns out to be enough. So gentle works best. That's my experience as well. Okay. So thank you all for being here. Uh, every retreat uh, is not a matter of any one person. It takes, you know, Chosen, it takes Eduardo, it takes me, it takes the cook, it takes Shokan, it takes Miyu, it takes Anshin, it takes the accountant, it takes the, the people who is the receptionist, uh, um, Kenyo, it takes the housekeeper, it takes everything to have this come together. It takes all of you, it takes the people online, it takes the people who are helping the people online. So anytime that we have an event like this, it's worth feeling gratitude for that whole, that whole web of support and generosity that allows something like this to happen. So thank you all for being here, and I thank you all for your practice, and I look forward to, uh, if possible, encountering you again in some very uh, rich and direct.